Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. you were going to go hoo No. Which also could work. That but we have work. more war movies coming. <laughs> this is not the first. Save it for later. Or only one. What? <laughs> I said it's not the first <laughs> or, or the only, only one. one. Yeah. yeah. How's it going? I'm here. You are here. Yeah. And we should just get to it. Okay, let's do it. Because we have things to talk about. Go. Two things. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with the more fun one. Okay. Because... The Rocky Araniki Brim Kahani trailer came out this week. Yes. First of all, before we even dive into it, because Mitha just watched it for the first time on the big screen Very here. Very first time. They are dropping one thing every week, oh. and I love that. I didn't know that. I They dropped the teaser, and then the next week they dropped a song, oh. and then last week they dropped, this week they dropped the trailer. What's they, next week? A song. Oh, they've another song. They've said something's coming out July 11th. Oh. It's like, right? It's And I love that, because it's really keeping momentum. It is. Like, it's building momentum they are aware that people fatigue themselves, mm. and so they're building it in the right amount of time. There you go. Thoughts. Okay. This looks really fun. <laughs> it, there's, like, classic Bollywood hijinks yeah. involved. Um, there's still a good amount of cheese that is, yeah. like, a, it's a nice amount of cheese. Yeah. But while I was watching it, I was like, wouldn't have this been, like, even more cute if it was Deepika? And, and Ranveer? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously. Because, like, the also the idea that... So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the trailer. Yeah. But these are two opposite people. So, yeah. Like, is being presented as maybe, like, she's, a smarter, educated woman. And Ranveer... She's Bengali and she's educated in high class. Yeah. And he's kind of a... And Ranveer is Ranveer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And, like, to me, from what I know about Deepika and Ranveer in real life, yeah. I feel like this would have been really good if it had been the two of them. Well, because he is Punjabi and loud. Yes. And she is not from Bengal, but she's from Bangalore. Yeah. And still and seems... Reserved. Reserved and educated and all of that. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, but then we wouldn't get to see Ali on screen. That's true. And that's always a good thing. Yeah. It's, and she looks... So good in this. She looks really fun. She looks yeah. like she's having a good she time. She looks like she's having a good They both do. Yeah. And Renvir. But he always looks like he's yeah. having a good time. But I will say that Renvir knows how to sell. Like, if you haven't seen the trailer, watch it. He knows how to sell that kind of big brash character. Without it being, like, too annoying. Um, yeah, or, there's still a level yeah. of endearment about it. It's not it. obnoxious. No. That first scene that he has where he's, like, when she's, like... Are you admiring my body? And she's yeah. like, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, go ahead. That's what it was made for. It's very, it's such a line that could come off douchey, but it doesn't. It doesn't. He sells it. <laughs> he sees, totally sells and it. And would be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, so there's been, it has 41 million views in two days on YouTube. Crazy. Which is kind of crazy. Ups and downs reviews, obviously, by people. Yeah. Who feel that it's just more of the same. And then some people are like, no, it's more of the same and that's incredible. Yeah. Like, that's exactly kind of, you know, it's interesting because I feel like the, Hollywood summer movie is still more of the same, but people have learned to accept that. Yeah. Like, people have learned to accept... Mission Impossible has, like, a 98 rating on... Does it? Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes. The, oh, okay. The, I thought it was, like, on Metacritic. On, not on Metacritic. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's okay. which is quite high. Yeah. But I think people are just like, no, this is what it is. Yeah. And this is what we're here we for. We accept the Mission Impossible universe yeah. for what it is. I am one of those people. Yeah. I know they're not great movies, but I think Tom Cruise really does something special exactly. with them. Yeah. And he knows what he's doing. And so why can we not just accept that? Like, look, this is a love story with big music and big emotions and mm-hmm. great clothes and hot people. And, and quite frankly, like, 
I don't want like a serious drama from Karan yeah. Johar. I want this from Karan Johar. And I love... Especially in his 25th year. Yeah. <laughs> he, and he, I love that self-awareness. He's mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm good for. Yeah. Let's just give the people what they want. I and he looks this. like he's having a good time making it. Yeah. The songs look... You've seen nothing, but you can tell from the clips, you're like, oh, this is going to be big. But even like some of it doesn't feel like him like past him like these look like really big numbers that he's producing whereas like in past movies like there are really popular songs but Mm -hmm. they don't they don't have that same like grand feeling yeah it has a Sanjay Leela Bansali feel to it which is like oh this is intriguing like someone got uh, like an airport hanger and like dressed a set and then got dancers to fill it and was just like go ahead and that's what it looks like and I'm here for it yes all that red I'm so uh, excited what is this about what is this about what is this song it just looks and you know I think it's it's going to be a movie that probably will have because a lot of people pointed out the similarities between two states mm-hmm. which I see it feels. also on Aliyah also no. on, yeah, yeah Aliyah Bhatt Ali Bhat. this feels like two states on steroids yes but they didn't switch houses though in two states they went to each other's yeah oh yeah they did they didn't okay. switch but they didn't yeah which you can tell there's going to be hijinks yeah. inevitably which there was less hijinks in two states. That yeah. was trying to take a more grounded role. And I think this is trying to be like... the ro- Yeah, hee-hee-ha-ha yeah. of it. But I'm like, I'm right here for it. Yeah. Because I feel like a movie like this should just embrace it for what it is. This is what we need. This, this is, is what, what the need. people it's, need. And again, the, di- the, the, di- the diverse reactions. A lot of people are like, it's like Bollywood healing. Yeah. It totally is just like, this is kind of just the kind of masala you need right now. Exactly. Which kind of segues nicely into my next point. Because yeah. we both saw yes. No Hard Feelings this we week. We did. Yes. I saw it last night. And I saw it on Saturday. Uh-huh. I was looking forward to seeing Jennifer Lawrence just being a comedy. Yeah. Thoughts? Okay, was your theater filled with people? There was more people in it, yeah. Mine had two other people. That changes a comedy completely. 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 And so... I realized that once I was in the theater, I was like, ooh, this is not going to go great. So I tried to, like, think, okay, imagine if I was in a group of people who, like, also the other two people in this theater, like, clearly did not know what they were getting themselves into. Um, So I kept trying to think, okay, like, how would this play off, like, in a room full of people? And I think it's just fine. It's not what I wanted, though. I really wanted, like, a bridesmaid-level comedy. And I think she, I actually think she's really good at it. Oh, you she, know, she can do no she wrong. She can do no wrong. Yeah. It really is what it is. She's very talented. Yeah. But there are moments that are funny, but there's nothing, like, I saw it last night, and there's nothing that I'm, like, begging to tell you about. Like, it's not like seeing Melissa McCartney or Maya Rudolph McCarthy, poop in yeah. the street. Bridesmaids like, is full <laughs> of just, like, do you remember that scene? Yeah. yeah. You know, and this is not. Like, Melissa McCartney with puppies? Like, yeah, what? That, the, or or that, that um, the toast? When yes. they're trying to one-up each, each other, other with the toe. It's just, yeah. there's, it's she starts speaking Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> we should watch Bridesmaids. Yeah. It's just, but, that's, but it's not Bridesmaids. It's not Bridesmaids. Which is an R-rated comedy. Yeah. It's R-rated, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's an R-rated, it's R-rated comedy. comedy, yeah. Um, and, like, No Hard Feelings just didn't have that for me. No. Also, was not expecting full, full nudity, nudity from, from Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Oh, kind of weird. Yeah, and I did. That was my reaction. I was just like, I don't, I don't want to. Was this necessary? That was my question. I was just like, why did you need to be fully naked? She said that she thought it was hilarious, and that's why she was like, but it's not funny. It's not because it, 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 it's not 
funny in the moment that it like if it was like oh she walked into something accidentally and yeah. she happened to be like it's not like naked. Jason Siegel in Forgetting Sarah Marshall yes. where the nudity is meant to be part of the, the, the funniness yeah she was skinny dipping and happened to get out naked exactly so I'm not like I'm not like oh my god that's so embarrassing yeah. for you. it's like no you are a willing participant in this yeah yeah so there there's a lot of misses with it fewer hits yeah but I did enjoy it I didn't dislike it. Yeah. I had a, for, for what I was looking for on Saturday night, it was exactly what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted something light. reliable and light, and something easy and something I could laugh at because I did laugh. Yeah. It has some, it does, it, there's some specific moments where I did find myself like, LOL. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when they're at the restaurant and she, that Asian girl calls her ma'am. Yeah, that, that, that was, was actually pretty That good. was actually pretty funny. <laughs> okay, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> that was hilarious. And there are things that, other things that just didn't hit, like all the references to kids being on their phones and, like, trying to live tweet. I'm just like, this is not hitting. But I'm old. that's not going to last. And it's like, not going to last. Bridesmaids is timeless. Timeless. Where this isn't, especially when they're, they do have those moments where they're, like, yeah. trying to call her out and canceling her. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if that will last. Also, it doesn't come back. No. It's such a, like, throwaway Way of a moment. Of, yeah. yeah. And trying he, to say that she's homophobic. Yeah. It's like, you didn't uh, do anything You didn't do anything. Yeah. But maybe part of me was just, like, I would make that joke. Why don't you two sleep together? Yeah. Fine. Does that make me homophobic? No, it and doesn't. And that's old? the point. That like, yeah, like I was just, I couldn't grasp it. And at the end, I found it just became too much of a dramedy. Mm-hmm. Like even the way it ends is so like, it's let's go on this little, journey like, together. Yeah. Like I was just like, I don't care. Like that's not what I came here for. I wanted it to end. Even Bridesmaids ends on like, yeah, romantic comedy tone. But that's okay because it's still lighter. This felt like it was trying to be more like, Enigmatic? Yeah. Like cathartic, sorry. That's more I think they were really leaning into the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is very versatile, though. Because, like, if you had somebody like an Amy Schumer in this role, or I can't even think But I would like this much less. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If you had someone like that, they wouldn't be able to do that the way that she can. Like, Mm -hmm. they do have a moment where she's, like, crying on the beach. And she looks convincing. It's a single tear. It's a single tear, and she sells it. (laughs) She sells it. It doesn't look cheesy at all. You're like, oh, I get why you're crying on this beach right now. I get it. You're upset. You're upset. I get it, girl. And you can't, you can't be. You can't be. J-Law, you really needed that car. I also just didn't understand, like, how much time did she spend with him just to get this car? In that time, she could have been working. Like that. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But all, so one of the reviews I read was was like, this is a low stakes comedy that hits exactly where it meant to be. And I'm like, that is the that's review. True, yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's a low stakes comedy that just happens to be entertaining. I'll watch it again streaming while I have to work one day exactly, or when I'm sick. Yeah. It It is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But it's a solid two and a half. Okay, I gave it a three. Okay. Because I do love J- I love this whole Jennifer Lawrence renaissance that's occurring. Right I now. would like to say, though, mm-hmm. I loved seeing Jennifer Lawrence in something that was not like Oscar bait. Exactly. I love it. It's very she, refreshing. It's very refreshing. It, it, I like that direction she's trying to take with her career as well. Yeah. She's done the thing that people aspire to do, and now she's just trying to have some I'm gonna fun. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I read about that that nude scene too and why she took it and why she was okay with it. And I was just like, okay, cool. I respect it. I respect you wanting to do it and kind of like just have fun with it. As a writer and in the movie, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. It's not as funny as you think it is. It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. And I was trying to think, would a guy naked be any funnier? And I was just like, no. No, that'd be pervy. Yeah. Yeah. Why? 
I just would. I can't. I can't explain it to you. I just think it would. It just also wouldn't be funny. Even like the scene with the Chinese finger trap. I was just like, that was funny. Uh. <laughs> I was like, this is funny, but this like, you. It's like <laughs> high school boy funny, but like, yeah. it's funny. Though. But like, he's a grown man. Like, yeah. he should not be doing that. I know. So Rocky or Ronnie win. No hard feelings. Not a loss. Not a loss. Not a loss. But yeah, bronze. Bronze. Bronze medal. Right now, bronze. Bronze. Yeah. I'm hoping Rocky or Ronnie's gold. Let, we'll see. I don't want to get my hopes to win. That's what happens. We We're going to go see high. it. But you know what happens when I keep my hopes low? Yeah. I watch Platoon. Oh, yes. very nice. Did you see how I did that? I did see okay. how you did that. So this week, Mita, you and I watched the 1986 Best Picture winner. Yes. Platoon. Platoon. Starring a bevy of penises. <laughs> yep. Charlie Sheen, William <laughs> Dafoe. So many penises. So many penises. Johnny Depp. Not a single vagina of recognition. Not a single one. No. No. Just full of Honestly, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Give us an IMDb disco. I will. Chris Taylor, a neophyte recruit in Vietnam, finds himself caught in a battle of wills between two sergeants, one good and the other evil. Mm. A shrewd examination of the brutality of war and the duality of man in conflict. Okay. So wordy. So wordy. (laughs) But, like, I love it. Yeah. So wordy. So wordy. Too wordy, but cool. This was a synopsis that was really fun to read. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, I'll go for it. Okay, I'll go for it. Why not? It's the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you know about Platoon before going in? I knew that Charlie Sheen was in it. Okay. I knew that Oliver Stone directed it. And I knew that Oliver Stone is a Vietnam War veteran. That was it. Okay. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know storyline. Um, I knew that there was similarities to Tropic Thunder. Okay, yes. But I, I had actually, up until a few days ago, had never really seen Tropic Thunder in its Really? Yeah. So okay. I, I did watch it. Okay. Yeah. But I really didn't know very much. Okay. All I knew is that Oliver Stone directed it, and, like, Oliver Stone is not someone I would put in, like, my top ten directors. No. But I do think he does really interesting things. Um, and I, I, I really went in with that mindset of like, okay, let's see what Oliver is going to do. Let's see what Oliver has to offer. Yeah. And I actually was not disappointed. Okay. I wasn't. Yeah. I, you, I think, well, yes, if you've listened to our podcast, you know that I don't like war movies. Nita loves war movies. (laughs) If there's anything in this world that I want, it's a war movie. It's a war movie, yeah. And I... Did not mind this at all. Yeah. Like, there's a re- there's like an aesthetic tone to it that I was like, oh, this is Oliver. Yeah. Like, this was his spin on the war. Yeah. And the whole time I was thinking, like, this is refreshing because I don't... The other war movies we've watched, I don't know if they're those directors or those writers... Have that perspective. Have the same perspective. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed this, even though one of my least favorite people in the whole world, Nadim... Johnny Depp? Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Johnny, Johnny Depp is barely in was just, But that's why I was just like, Johnny Depp? Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Who is... Baby Charlie Sheen. My concern going into this... Pre-HIV baby. Exactly. My concern... Pre, yes. My <laughs> concern going into this was that it was going to be Charlie Sheen heavy and that I wasn't going to enjoy it yeah. because of that. But I actually took a lot more away from like Willem Dafoe and Tom Berenger. Okay. Berenger? Berenger. Berenger? Berenger? Tom B. Tom. I say Berenger. <laughs> yeah. So Berenger. that's what we'll say on this podcast. I feel like they are actually the more the bigger. Yeah, characters. yeah. He's the fifth business of it. The movie happens around him. Yes. But I hated his narration. Like, that really. Yeah. I was just like, get out of here. Yeah. But like, not, n- not upset with this war movie. Not feeling like I had to watch something I Kay. didn't want to watch. Yeah. What about you? 
I knew much of the same same stuff. Yeah. Oliver Stone, Vietnam. I also knew the soundtrack because they used it in an episode of Seinfeld. Yes, and it's a and great the, soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. It's a very memorable scene in Seinfeld as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what I know. And it was two hours. And let me talk about how important that is in a war movie. Mm-hmm. Very important. Because it doesn't feel long. No. It doesn't feel overdrawn. It never feels like too much. And it's, this is a movie that actually easily could. Mm. Because it's very one note. Yes. It's one note in terms of visuals, in terms of style, it's acting, just scene. Numb. It's just numb. Yeah. Green and swamp numb. <laughs> That's the entire film. And like tonally it's all very one way. So it's very easy for this to feel like long and drawn out. But it doesn't. I will say I kind of sit somewhere between... Much like No Hard Feelings, mm. not gold, yeah. but also not like not last place. Exactly. Definitely not. Like there's there's a lot redeemable for it. I don't think I'm necessarily the audience, mm. I'd say, again, yeah. once again for a war movie. Because one thing I just couldn't grasp was, I, I will say that the thing, the only theme in a war movie is the futility of war. We're never really talking about anything different. Mm-hmm. In all the war movies we've seen, and all the more war movies we will see, that is the singular theme that we talk about. There might be like secondary themes or small things, but it is largely about the futility of war. Yeah. This is the first movie where I really felt that. Mm. Because as I was watching it, I was just like, this must have been such an uncomfortable film to, to make, make. To actually be like in Nam and in those, because they were literally in the rain. They were in the swamp. Like you, that's, they went that's through a really location. vigorous like, yeah. prep for this movie too. Yeah. yeah. So there's no way that this was a comfortable film to see. And then that made me realize. So I that's what, what war, war was. And just the, those feel that those icky feelings yeah. really were kind of coming back. And so like it really did make me understand that. And I get that in 1980 it was still, was it new? I don't know. I think we haven't had a... The last one I can remember is The Deer Hunter, which also, like... About Nam. About Nam, which was 78? Something like that. Something like that. So it's been, you know, eight years. No, but about the same war? About the I do... My one thing is, Oliver Stone is a Nam vet. So his story deserves to be told. Yes. And that's the thing I will say is that I think what sullies this for me a little bit is the fact that we've seen this... And maybe that we see that in the future, too. And I know that, like, the fact that, like, Saving Private Ryan and all those movies come out is not Platoon's fault. Yeah. Those are different wars. Those were different wars. Fair enough. But Nam, we've seen a lot of Nam by this point. We've heard a lot lot about about Nam. And we didn't even watch Apocalypse Now. No. And it's a war that, like, honestly, like, I can't, I don't understand it. I still don't fully. I don't get why they were there. Yeah. Like, what? Do you know why? Yeah. They didn't know why they were there at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Do we still know? There, do we, we know. know why I, to they be quite honest, I have never like looked into it, <laughs> okay. so I'm not gonna like pretend like I do. But yeah, this movie is really uh, honest in how brutal Americans were to the Vietnamese people yeah, as well. Yeah, that's the other thing. And I, which is hard to watch. Like, mm. there's an almost rape scene. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm very surprised Charlie Sheen is a hero in that moment. <laughs> but yeah, they were. Americans were brutal, and I really respected the honesty yeah. in that, too. Yeah. The honesty in showing the brutality and the, I think, the real duality. That, that logline about the duality of war. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what this movie is about. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Sheen, well, whatever you feel about him, he's not great in this as an actor. I'll also no. say that. 
But his character and what he's trying to represent and that, like, you could recognize in a singular moment these are still people and still want to kill them at the same time. He's somebody who wanted to do good. Yeah. And then kind of got into the shitstorm. And it's yeah. just like, um, what do I do now? Yeah. And, it, and you kind of get that, that, like, at the same time, you recognize what's good and what's bad, but at the same time, you don't care. Yeah. And that, that complexity really does come off and, very, and comes off very clearly. Mm-hmm. War, man. <laughs> what is it good I, for? <laughs> what? <gasps> oh, I should have opened with that. Yeah. What is it good for? I think it's about this war, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Probably. That song? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We're not American. We're too. not American. That's the other thing. That's, we didn't learn... that's such a good point. <laughs> We're not American, so we didn't learn about this yeah. in school. I don't think I would want to. <laughs> I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Like, not that I wanted yeah. to, but. It wasn't a world war. It was. No. Um, and so, like, there is a little bit of. A loss in translation kind yeah. of feeling of just like I don't know anything about this. The old, my only real like recognition from childhood is watching Forrest Gump, which I don't yeah. think is like the best accurate enough for me to be like I know stuff about this war. Yeah, I know like what they're presenting to me is real. Also, a very long war. It's like and, twenty years. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like too long. <laughs> <laughs> some, some might say it too long. It's like just one like a little bit overboard. <laughs> But yeah, I... The, the thing is, yes, it's a nice movie, but like, is there really anything to say about Yeah, it? that was the thing. You, is there anything you walked away from that you were like, oh, that was compelling? For me, no. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I try to, when I come to our podcast, I try to have talking points. Yeah. Because that's, we are meant to have a conversation for a realistically 40 minutes because mm-hmm. 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there it's an hour long pro- 40 minutes is a long time to talk about a movie and sometimes we keep going and i have to be like we got to cut it short yeah and sometimes i'm like i don't know, know what, what i'm to gonna say. say today and i don't know if that is a mark of the movie or just the fact that we don't we're not war people i did mention to my father that oh, i watched this movie okay. and he said that's a war movie <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I said, oh, yeah, it is, Dad. I, I watched it. Yeah. And he was just like, okay. He had nothing to say about it. Yeah. My dad doesn't like war. Yeah. But he, like, likes those kinds yeah, of yeah, movies yeah. and, like, is interested in the history and, like, maybe doesn't always have something to say about them. Yeah. But usually it's something gets sparked. And he was just like, okay. Which surprised me because I, I don't know why I thought this, but I was under the impression that people really do think Platoon is a great film and, like, deserved to be best picture. I have that recognition in my head for whatever reason. People say that Platoon does own up to the title of being best picture. Here's the thing. Maybe. Yeah. I I guess let's look at what else was nominated that year. Yeah. Are we there already? <laughs> I think it's a big part of the conversation because I do think what you're saying is actually very apropos that there's not much to say. No. And so it does beg the question of, like, if there's not much to say, why did it win? win. It's not thought-provoking. No, and that's the thing. It's not thought-provoking. The it's, themes are very much... You know, this is what it is. Yeah. You are being fed. Like, okay, war is bad. Here you go. Like, yeah. There's nothing... There's no deep dive into this. Yeah. It's not like... Like even Amadeus. Even out of Africa. I was going to say, what just won, What was just nominated the German remake from this year? And the name, I'm forgetting it. Oh, All Quiet on the Western Thank Front. Thank you, yes. Which was 
Excellent. What? Yeah. Yeah. Thought provoking. Thought provoking. Yeah. Really ask, make, like, makes Has you, you yeah. like, under, try to understand your ideals and does it work with what your nation is telling yeah. you is going on. And, like, this just doesn't do that. It, just, it is what it is. But I also, I can respect it, though, because it is Oliver Stone's experience. Experience, yeah. He was in that war. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't say anything great about it, but I also, I can't shit on it either. Yeah. Like, I have no reason to shit on it. Actually, I respect a lot of it. But if we look at what else was dominated, we have Children of a Lesser God. I have not seen it. No, but I think that's what Marley Matlin won her Oscar her, for. Yeah. Then we have Hannah and Her Sisters by yeah. Mita's all-time favorite director, Woody Allen. <laughs> it's a movie I enjoy, yes. I've never seen Hannah and Her okay. Sisters. I don't know if you would love it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> we have The Mission. I've not seen I've it. not seen. And A Room with a View. I've not seen. No. Heard much about A Room with a View by Smile Merchant. Yeah. Starring one Helena Boehm Carter. Helena. Yeah. Oh, and DDL. Daniel Day-Lewis. I knew who it was. <laughs> you have a very interesting list here. That's so weird. It's a weird list. It's a weird list. It's really, it sounds like a depressing list, if I'm going to be really honest with you. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't seem unfound. That tro- totally seems like. It feels like womp womp. I just want to go over <laughs> yeah. the log lines. The quick, the like, we, we pull this list from Wikipedia because it's easier to just pull up. So, The Mission is a 1986 British period drama film right. about the experience of a Jesuit missionary in 18th century South America. Mm-hmm. Let's move, next move on. Okay. A Room with a View is a 1965 British romance film directed by James Ivory and produced by Ismail Merchant. Set in England and Italy, it is about a young woman named Lucy Honeychurch. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible name. <laughs> In the final, <laughs> in the final throes of the restrictive and repressed culture of Edwardian England, and her developing love for a free-spirited young man, I can't keep going. This sounds boring. Yeah, snooze. I stop paying attention. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah and Her Sisters is a 1986 American comedy drama yeah. film which tells the intertwined stories of an extended family over two years that begins and ends with a family Thanksgiving dinner. That actually sounds kind of interesting. That's like nice, but. And then Children of a Lesser God is a 1986 American romantic drama film directed by Randa Haynes. The film's narrative follows two employees at a school for deaf, for the deaf, a deaf custodian and a hearing speech teacher whose conflicting ideologies and speech and deafness create tension and discord in their developing romantic relationship. That sounds really interesting. But, but <laughs> there is like a somber feeling. Very somber feeling. All of these, which is so interesting because would you like to know what the top gross high grossing films please. of the year were? So um, I'll start with 10. 10 is Ferris Bueller's Day <laughs> Off. Yeah. One of my favorite movies. Nine is Ruthless People, which I've never heard of. The Golden Child is eight. Aliens, the sequel to yeah, Alien, Alien, which, okay, so I saw that Aliens was one of the highest growing. And I was like, oh, I'll watch that. And I started Aliens. So I was like, I've never seen Alien. And I didn't realize that Aliens was the sequel yeah. to Aliens. So that was a hot mess of a week for me, so I didn't <laughs> watch it. Um, number six is something I've never heard of called Back to School. Okay. Five was Star Trek uh, Four, okay. The Voyage Home. Four was The Karate Kid Part Two. Okay. Three is Platoon. Oh, okay. Two was Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Dundee, yeah. And do you want to know what the number one? Tell me. Top Gun. Oh, so the year it, of Top Gun. It's a year of like a lot of still like bop 80s movies. But do you know what it is a year of? A lot of hyper masculinity. Yeah, there's a lot of boys here. Yeah. A lot of boys. Yeah. 
<laughs> and these actually feel very feminine as films. Like Children the, of a Lesser God, oh, Room with a View, yeah. do feel a lot, and Hannah and her sisters, a lot more female. Tonally. Tonally they, female, yeah. Feminine. Yeah. Or softer. Which is interesting. Very interesting, right? That people are going, men are going to see movies. And are we saying like artsy fartsy people are voting for like the more feminine atone films? But they voted for Platoon in the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there right. Go. Like Platoon still won in the yeah. at the end. It was number three, so people went inside, and then the people voted for it too. Yes, because out of that top ten of like the ones that I know, that is the most. Like I would say that Platoon is a lot more artful than Top Gun is. Yes, of course. Yeah. I think the other thing you have to keep in mind is that this Oliver Stone attempt feels very nitty gritty, but to us feels a little been there done that, and not because of Oliver Stone, but because. We're in 2023. We're in 2023. We're this kind of aesthetic and this kind of feel. The Saving Private Ryan of it all. Yeah. We've lived through. At the time, this probably felt, well, again... Original. Very original. But, very like, fresh. we also have lived through a, people also making parody of this. Yeah. Which I watched Tropic, Tropic Thunder, Thunder for the first time. Yeah. Like, in its totality. totality. Yeah. What did you think of Tropic Thunder? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I think... The time it came out, like I was in seventeen when it came yeah. out, so like oh my there God, was you would like, have loved it. I there think. was I would have loved it. Yeah. It, w- it would have been like the Hangover for yeah. me. Like I saw the Hangover in theaters three yeah. times. Like that's what it would have been like. But I don't think I never saw it in theaters. Yeah, and I I knew I knew the Tom Cruise dancing. Yeah, I knew some of the jokes and I knew what the movie was about. And so I've always just been like, yes, it's haha. Yeah, like, it's, it's so, haha. It's haha. And I'm watching it. It does really feel like it's of its time. Yeah. I can't remember what it... Did I give it two and a half or three? Three. Three? Yeah. It felt like it was good, but I just was like, these jokes, they're not sustaining the test yeah. of time. Comedy is really a time it's and a hard. place. Yeah. To be timeless comedy is, I think, really difficult. Mm-hmm. But comedy really is a time and a place. Because interestingly enough, I saw The Hangover when all the hype had happened. And I saw it in a theater with a friend and there were like four other people in there. And yeah. we were both just like, this is it. No, 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 you nope. saw it the wrong way. I, I absolutely <laughs> yeah. did. But conversely, I saw Bridesmaids opening weekend in yeah. a sold out crowd. And I I am not a like, I chuckle even at the funniest things. Yeah. But I don't laugh out loud. I was laughing out loud. And that energy that you feed off in a theater is so palpable. Mm-hmm. People are just like, oh, you could watch a comedy at home. And I'm like, no, man, a comedy is actually the one you should be watching in a theater because yeah. you will enjoy it the most. Yeah. I don't understand the Robert Downey Jr. nomination. No? No. I should watch it again because it's been a while. But again, Mita, that's an of its time. Do you still think Melissa McCarthy deserves that nomination? For Bridesmaids? Yeah. No. I watch it now and I'm just, I watched it recently again and I was just like, this is funny. And I'm glad she got the nomination for that movie, but... I, think I don't know. That one in particular is like the hype of the year. Like that yeah. year for movies, that was huge. Yeah. R-rated comedies don't do that. Also, an entirely female Female cast, yeah. R-rated comedy doesn't do that. Yeah. So I think like that kind of like, I don't understand in terms of the acting point of view. Like yeah. I knew she wasn't going to win, yeah. but I get it in terms of like the role of popular culture. I don't, I can't see how this really was like anything. It was the comeback for Robert Downey Jr. Wasn't Iron Man already? I don't in think play? so. Oh, okay. I actually I think, I it's the think same this year. was. It or it sorry was one of those things. That yeah. Either he had he was coming back, or he had come back and had a great year. Yeah. But it's also two thousand eight. So like, isn't that the year of like? Oh no, wait, that's two thousand seven. 
Yeah, so they're both 2008. So this yeah. is the year of Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback. That's what it is. Interesting. That, that answers your question. I want to just see quickly. Well, no, we're not talking about that. But we can talk about the one we get to 2008. What one best picture? Who else was nominated in that yeah. category? But yeah, we'll get there. It is, I mean, the time and the place thing is interesting. And I think it applies to Platoon too, in that mm-hmm. that was a movie that at the time probably, again, felt fresh and new. And I think you're watching it now. And But the one thing I will say is that even at the time, there was no depth to it. Right? Yeah. Like, there was no... There's nothing... Like, this is... It's artful, but it's not um, it's, thoughtful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very well made. Yeah. There's not... You can't... Again, there's nothing bad to say it's about one-dimensional. it. It's one-dimensional. It's one-dimensional. There's also nothing incredible to say about it, though. Mm-hmm. The performances are very middle-brow. Yeah. The direction... I love that Willem Dafoe, though. I do love Willem Dafoe. you would picture him to be, like... A villain. Yeah. I, at least I always do. Because he's, you know, Harry Osborn. But he's not in this. He's not, He's a no. hero. But yeah. Maybe not hero is a wrong term for it. But he's, he's not. He's the not villain. He's the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything about this. The direction is good, though. The mm-hmm. cinematography is great. All of that stuff is fine. But like, as far as the screenplay and film go, I'm just kind of like, yeah. It's there. It. It's there. And yeah. I saw it and... I guess I get why it won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's not a snooze. Yeah. And something tells me A Room with a View is... A snooze? And like the mission... Children of is, the Lesser God. Yeah, also maybe a snooze. snooze. Yeah. Hannah and Her Sisters isn't. But it's also a comedy. Yeah. I also wouldn't say Hannah and Her Sisters should be Best Picture. That's the thing. Yeah. But like even that list, none of those... None of these movies were Best like, picture. No. So it's Sorry, kind of, Top Gun. Again, when you compare the apples to the apples, you're kind of like, I guess this is okay. the best apple of the year. Which is like kind of sad. But it's that's sad what when hap- you have these womp ears. When you have womp ears. Yeah. Was last year womp ear? Did we say that about Out of Out Africa? Out of Africa? A little bit. Well, yeah. I think just the 80s, 80s in total. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm starting to realize. The 80s in totality were just I'm kind so of... sorry for the decade that you were born in. <laughs> the My decade's not that greater. The, the 80s were bad for a lot of things. Yeah. Like fashion, music. Politics. Politics. Reaganomics. <laughs> like, the AIDS crisis. The AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been interesting if there was a movie about AIDS in the 80s. In the 80s? Yeah. But... We should go back in time. And make that? Yeah. Yeah. We but unfortunately, gay people did not have a voice in the 80s. Think of how famous we would be. Have you ever seen It's a Sin? No. Yeah, you should watch It's a Sin. Should if you want to talk about AIDS in the 80s. Okay. It's about British AIDS in the 80s. Oh. But, yeah, it says something. Interesting. About the rise of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I have nothing left to say about Platoon, but, like, this is too short. We need to keep talking about something. Well, I thought about, like, what would sequel, prequel ideas be. Yeah, And I am interested, like, why would you enlist? (laughs) Like, I I honestly don't understand that mindset of people who are like, yes, I'm going to fight for my country. You don't? Maybe I'm not patriotic, although I am born on Canada's birthday, Mm -hmm. so there's that. But I don't think I would ever be in a position where I'm like, yes, I need to fight for my country. You know who does that very well? Is All Quiet on the Western Front. (laughs) (laughs) That both of those movies actually completely make you understand why someone would want to do this Mm -hmm. and how wrong they are. Yeah. But that's also like the original All Quiet takes place in the 30s Mm -hmm. about World War One. Yeah. This is in the 80s, about a war in the 70s. also does not make sense. Yeah. So why at that point? But I guess that he's trying to explain that, like, the reason he wanted to enlist was that 
it like it was a form of rebellion, really. Yeah. That's a really dumb form. It's of a really rebellion. it's a really like, dumb thing to rebel with. There have you never watched Brothers and Sisters, right? I did not. Okay. All these like ABC films. I mean, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, there is one of the characters, he's a brother. Um, of, of the brothers and sisters? Of the brothers and sisters, he's a brother. Okay. Um, and essentially, like, he, he is a vet. He's younger. He's okay. the youngest brother. He is a vet, and he has uh, substance abuse problems. Okay. But there is, like, an entire episode that explains, like, why he enlisted, and it was right after 9-11 happened. All right, there you and go. And he was, like, very emotionally connected, and, like, one of the sisters lived in New York at the time. Oh. And, like, lived... She literally saw the buildings crash, and she was like, it's Calista Flocker. Calista Flocker gives a monologue about how she saw the buildings crash, and it's, like, very emotional. And I have chills thinking about it. Oh, wow, it's like, good? It's, I love Brothers and Sisters. Okay. Yeah, she's she's a good actress. She's a good actress. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he he listening to her talk about that inspired him oh. to be like, I should enlist. And even then, I was like, but that made sense to me because he's the dumb brother. Like, yes, yeah. not because he's the smart <laughs> not brother. Not because yeah. he's smart and educated and like doing well. No, he's the dumb brother, yeah. and he thinks that it's smart to go endanger your life. For, for your country. For your country. Where, like, in some respects, I, I understand it. But, like, when you look at the politics of war in itself, it's like, do you... Why do you agree that this yeah. is the way your country should be approaching something? Yeah. The only time I think it's acceptable is world wars because you those are no world choice. wars. World war, yeah. But when it's one country versus another, for something so menial, yeah. like, it just... I can't... I just can't subscribe to that. But the interesting thing is is that they talk about that in this movie. Mm -hmm. How like most of the time the people who come for war are the disenfranchised and they're impoverished because they, and why are they doing it for a country that doesn't give a shit about them? It's a great question. Again, thank you for spoon feeding me that, Oliver Stone. Like I don't know if you needed to like be like, here, let me give you the vegetables. Yeah. Let me find out a little bit here and there. Nadim already spoon feeds his children. I do spoon feed my children. But also, I just want to see, I hope this didn't win a best an Academy Award for screenplay, because that would be disappointing. I was going to ask, did this win anything else? Like, not acting yeah. or anything? Uh, picture, director, sound, and editing. And it was oh. nominated for a screenplay. It was also both Tom Berenger and William Dafoe were nominated. Who won screenplay? I'm just curious. Like, I'm wondering if there's anybody that was, like, hiding in the shadows of that Oscar year. I mean, I feel like A Room with a View won... Everything else? Well, best uh, adapted screenplay for sure. The Color of Money. Have you ever seen The Color of Money? No. Neither have I, but Paul Newman won Best Actor. Michael Caine won for Hannah and her sisters for supporting. Mm. Oh, interesting. Uh, That was the year that Marley Matin won. Jane Fonda was nominated. Peggy Sue Got Married was nominated. (laughs) So who won screenplay? Oh, sorry, yeah. (laughs) That's what we were looking at. David Lynch was nominated for Blue Love Velvet. Oh, yeah, that director. makes sense, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's the year of Blue Velvet. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. There I is, haven't seen that. Mita, but... there, is, there is your best movie of the year, is but it? a movie that would never, never win. win. That. Never win. Mm. How rude. Yeah. Why am... You should watch Blue Velvet. Let me add it to your list of 60 movies you could watch. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, did you want adapted or original? Did you want adapted or original? Original. Uh, Hannah and her sisters. Oh, also makes sense. Because he's a great writer. Because he's a great writer. Yes. But also nominated in the theme that year for best writing screenplay written directly for the screen. Yes. Uh, one film 
written by Paul Hogan, Ken Shady, and John Cornell. Crocodile Dundee? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen Crocodile Dundee since In I was like seven. ages. But I don't remember Remember the being screenplay that. being anything memorable. <laughs> that makes me laugh. That's well. hilarious. Oliver Stone had another film he wrote that year called oh. Salvador, and that was also nominated for Best Screenplay. Oh, good for his two-time nominee. There you go. You forget Oliver Stone has this kind of illustrious career. He is like, like an auteur. In a, he is an auteur yeah. in many ways. He's kind of, but like, I was going to say better than Quentin, but he's not actually. But he's also directed garbage like Savages. <laughs> and Snowden. And Snowden. And like and like Wall Street. Yeah. Wall Street itself w. is actually. W. Oh, he directed W? Yeah. He's had a weird he? career. Yes, he did. He directed, but he didn't write W. He's had a weird career. And he I, did direct World Trade Center, which I never saw. No. But I also feel weird about 9-11 movies. Yeah. They feel weird to me. Yeah. He directed Natural Born Killers. I haven't watched all of it. No? Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen clips. Yeah. It's okay. It's just like, oh, Juliette Lewis being Juliette Lewis. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. In many ways, like once you list off his movies, this is actually his most contained Mm -hmm. and probably his most consistent across the board. Again... The screenplay is just too school and feet. Oh, I've never seen JFK. Oh, it's really long. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an investment in your yeah, time. No. And I don't know if it's I don't know if I'm up for time. that. I don't think you yeah. are. Do you have anything else to say about this? No. Yeah, I know. Um, just like, I wish we lived in a world where Charlie Sheen stayed like this. Yeah. They're, like, he's not great by any means. No, he's actually quite bad in this. I'm not going to lie. And I think... I'm wondering if he got hired just because, like, Martin Sheen's in Apocalypse Now and, like... Maybe that might be a parallel. Because also, he's not bad looking. No, he's not. Yeah. I mean... I, I, sorry. I'm sullied by, like, the, the, the 2000s yeah. Charlie Sheen. And so I really just dislike this person yeah. um, entirely. But... He really had a fall from grace. He really did. Yeah. And, like, it's disappointing. He's not going to be a Robert Downey Jr., He'll that never... ship has sailed. He's not coming yeah. back from that. And he could have of... at a certain point. Well, because he did have two and a half men. That was a comeback. In that a was meant to be ways. a comeback in a lot of ways. And Wasn't then... like Spin City as well? Yeah. But like yeah. Charlie Sheen has had a pretty decent career. Mm-hmm. And like two and a half men was huge. And then he went down this insane spiral. Yeah. What was it? Tiger. Tiger blood. blood. Yeah. Winning. Ew. Oh yeah. Hashtag winning. Gross. Mm. Hashtag puking. And then I think he kind of came back from it. And by that point had contracted HIV. Yeah. And now Denise Richards went on Real Housewives of Beverly yeah. Hills. Yeah. It's all One of messy. his children is... A porn star? She's not a porn star. She's, She's an a sex fans? worker. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> She's a sex worker. Which is fine if that's what she wants. Sure. I'm not like, I'm not throwing that yeah. out, but I'm just but saying. But he's against it. Which yeah. I'm like, you of all people, of all people. do not that's have irony. the right to yeah. be against your child doing that. But anyways, I just, yeah, I'm watching it. I was just like, that's kind of sad. And then also seeing Johnny Depp, like, that is also sad to see, like, what Why? He's not in the best light these days. <laughs> No, but he'll, that's different. He'll you come can't back put them on the it, same page. But he's also, cut, no, but he'll come back from it because he's a man. And like. But Charlie Sheen is a man. Charlie Sheen's like way down the whole route. Those are not the though. same, though. That's, that's a stretch. But like, no, but there's, the things I've learned about Johnny Depp from that trial, I'm, he's sullied to me. I don't see him in the same respect. 
I don't. I think that trial was dangerous though because like he did things, but she did things. They both did things. Yeah. But the things I've learned, like me, me such as, as what? Person, what are you referring to? Just like the way he uh, alcohol has abused his life, and yeah. then he tries to use it against her. Like there is, there's a lot of gaslighting that occurred in that relationship that I just don't respect as a person. No, fair. Yeah. So like, he's just sullied to me now. He's but I, not, he like you know I know there's things about Brad Pitt, but he's always redeemable to me for whatever it's his eyes. <laughs> but I think the difference is is that like Johnny Depp is sullied to you. Yeah. In in the game, he isn't. Like, no, he, he's no, not, no, I'm not saying yeah. that. Yeah, so Charlie Sheen and Johnny Depp are just, just not on the same. sad to me to see these sullied people. Mm, Johnny Depp, you can't call him sullied. He's sullied to me. Oh, yes. Not to everybody else. Yeah, but Charlie sullied Sheen is me. sullied to everybody else. Yeah. That, I, that, like, that's all I'm trying to yes. say. Is that, like, there is a difference. There is a very oh, big I, difference I agree between. on that. Yeah. But for me, in my personal, sure. like, Vantage point. Yes. Johnny and Sully, to me, I'm not into that anymore. I don't think I ever really was like a Johnny stan. Like, yeah. I don't like... I've never seen... Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, or like yeah. Black Mass. I've never been like, oh my god, Johnny Depp is incredible. Although yeah. I do think he's very good in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I will I will yes. take that. But aside from that, I've you never, never been You were never a like Johnny it. stan. No, no. I actually think he's poorly cast in like Chocolat and like a bunch of things. But I mean, the, the Johnny Tim Burton relationship is. Oh, like, there's is Johnny Tim Burton. Yeah, like I respect that. I think he's overacting in Willy Wonka, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see Timmy do it. Uh, I, I want to see what Timmy. Does. I don't know. We'll see. Timmy's hitting this. We'll see. But you, you know, there's people in this who it's like, oh, it's kind of interesting to watch because this is the beginning of their careers. Of the, all their careers, yeah. And like, Johnny Depp has no lines. Now, now look where they are. Like it's pretty. That is, like, kind of sad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not for Johnny Depp, but for yeah. Charlie Sheen, yes. Yeah. Give me a rating. Okay. So, <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie about war. Yeah. It's a movie about a war that I have no interest in whatsoever. The only real education I have is from watching another movie that we reviewed on this podcast called Dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which talks about the Vietnam War a little, a little bit, bit. Um, in which one of the main characters' brothers has to enlist, and she's really upset about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dick is just a really beautiful story about. No, I can't even do it. I was gonna. Yeah. Keep going. Anyways, <laughs> um, it's a war I really have no interest in, and I think I tried to go in with like a clear mind mm-hmm. of like, okay, this is an Oliver Stone movie that yeah. I'm gonna watch, and maybe this will be really good. And yeah. you know, it's one obviously one best picture. Yeah, yeah, I've heard things throughout the years, but as I was watching it, I was just like, okay, like this is nice. Look, nice to look at. Like, yeah, it's beautiful, beautifully shot. You can see like. They obviously did their work into filming this. Like I read about how they prepared. Like they actually did bring them into the jungle. They would wake them up in the middle of the night. They would fire shots randomly at them, which I think is abusive (laughs) in a lot of ways. Um, And like borderline, like maybe we shouldn't be doing that. But I get what they were trying to do or trying to produce from these people. And I think the performances work in that way um from the stronger actors like willem dafoe and tom berenger yeah. like i think some of the rest of the cast actually forrest whitaker is like standard forrest yeah. whitaker yeah and keith david too standard standard um charlie sheen is just he's always gonna be charlie sheen like yeah. i don't ever think he was he's like, never a great actor no. he's never he didn't become a great actor actually. he's more of a name than anything yeah. else 
But it was just, it was just a movie. It didn't spark anything in me. I wasn't like, oh, I finally understand Vietnam War. I understand why somebody would enlist. Yeah. Or I understand, like, what, what was going on in the country at that time that I could actually, like, digest this film yeah. for what it is. And so I'm landing on, like, a two and a half okay. for Platoon. Because I just don't, I don't get it. Okay. I don't get the like why it would be worthy of being a best picture because I think we've seen a lot after it. Okay. We've seen more movies before that maybe weren't like up to this standard, yeah. but nothing about this was like remarkable in any okay. way. It is just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. It's a fine movie. Mm-hmm. There's nothing bad. Again, it's, it's a very similar review I'd say to out of Africa and that like, I actually don't have anything bad to say, but out of Africa left me actually feeling good. Like, I did like Out of Africa. I enjoyed that experience. I enjoyed... I, there was interesting stuff. You did learn a lot about this woman and her life at Africa. Yeah. And the perspective and the feminist takes. And, like, there was actually something to glean. This movie, while technically incredible and committed and, like, well shot and, like, like you said, great performances from the from the few really seasoned actors in, in the team, mm-hmm. also doesn't say anything new. It doesn't, and that's, I think, the biggest hiccup I'm on, is that, like, it doesn't tell me anything I didn't know. And not just because of what's to come, but, like, everything that this movie says has happened in other movies. And happened in 1930 for me. I really liked All Quiet on the Western Front, Mm -hmm. the original one, and said all these things way back then. Yeah. This is just a different way of showing that stuff. And about a war where... It made sense. The involvement made sense. Yeah. Like, I do, I, I, I do think I like what it's trying to say about how disenfranchised people end up going to war. And I like how they're trying to take the differences between white and black people in war, even, even in the 70s, and how race played a role. But it's force-feeding you everything. Yeah. There's nothing beneath the surface in this film. And that is boring mm-hmm. i don't think it's a bad thing i just think it's boring to watch to be to be given everything you i would like to think a little like i like to think about what's being said or what's being done and i think he tries to bring depth through the dialogue and through those monologues and through those that narration that happens like i think that's where the depth is meant to come but like you know when that girl is about to get raped and he's like you just don't get it man and i'm just like get what get, what <laughs> doesn't he get like does it's just not clear where just, does that where does that rage come from? Yeah, and like, where does that awareness like? I there's just things about like, it just doesn't like land fully. I think, but mm-hmm. again, I do get why this won. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't. You. I just I wouldn't say it's like the best picture of. The but year. then what is Mita? But I haven't seen it. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's sad that we like we have the awards that we have to force a win. Yeah. On some movie, but I'll let you finish. No, so I do get why it won, especially if I look at what the highest grocers won. Even in, like, those are dull films, man. Like, I, I like a good dull film, but this is energetic. There's there's something there. And I think the, the thing is, is that period pieces are a dime a dozen. And, like, a good period piece is even a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. So, like, A Room with a View is probably just not different. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like anything, like, electrifying. Whereas this probably did feel electrifying in its moment. So I get why it won. Would I have voted for it? I don't know, to be quite honest, because I think there is a little fatigue of these movies as well. Yeah. We are now moving into 1987. We've been watching them for 60 weeks. Wow. 
almost. 1929 is when it started. We started almost 60 weeks at this point. That's a lot of Bethlehem. That's over a year. <laughs> yeah, of I course, it's over a year. Yeah. Sorry, it just it's, hit me. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, so there's a little fatigue and I think a little... I, I wonder how I would feel not having been forced to watch this. I also don't know if I would watch it. But I'm also not leaving this. I didn't like out of Africa. I gave three and a half because I actually, I actually I enjoyed that experience. There. I think there's something there. I think it's actually saying a lot of stuff. I don't think it's saying anything. I watched it. I've put it away. I've ticked it off. Yeah. And it gets two and a half. There you go. Yeah. Same, same. Same, two, same. But that's it. I don't really have again. Like this was a. It was a. I was trying to think of what to say, and I couldn't it's, yeah. think of it. And, like, I think even when we've had movies where we don't necessarily, like, something like Ordinary People, which, like, yeah. you didn't love. I didn't love it either. But, no. like, I think there is something to say there yeah. as well. Because I think Ordinary People, that, the interesting thing I'm finding is a lot of these memes are very surface from the 80s. They're really, really superficial. Yeah. So which, were people just dumber in the 80s? I think people are just superficial. Like, think about yuppie culture yeah. and, like, what the world was kind of turning into at that time. Yeah. People were like burying their feelings people didn't care about mental health the way we do now people didn't want to like dig deep so and i don't think they do that until now really like i don't i think what we might be seeing is the birth of the average person smart movie Uh, like movies that are meant for the average person and give the air of being arty and intelligent but are actually kind of yeah middle brow interesting because then that brings in like all these other different stereotypes of like manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Yeah. You start to different interesting other stereotypes. Yeah. Which hopefully we can uh dive into next week's movie. Yeah. Look into it next week. There you go. But before that, Mita? Yes. Game me. Okay, so last week yes. you had me connect I did. the wonderful film Burlesque. Yes. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Burlesque. Two, yeah. a film I've never seen. Yeah, you should. The sky is pink. Sometimes it is. I've seen the, um, there's a TikTok on like the girl that the, the real movie girl. was based yeah. off of. Yeah. So this week, Nadim, mm-hmm. I am going to ask you to connect The Sky is Pink. Yes. To another movie that premiered at TIFF. Sky is Pink premiered at TIFF, right? I think it did, yeah. I remember it being a thing. Yeah. Room. Okay. <laughs> There's a really easy... I know, because I thought about this. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm not even... Should I start a timer? Start a timer. Okay. And the timer starts now. So Farhan Akhtar, who's in The Sky is Pink, yes. is in an episode of Miss Marvel yes. with Iman Velji? Velji? What's her, what's her last name? Who? Miss Marvel. Oh, that's how you're going through it. Because she's in that and then they're both in that new with, with Brie Larson okay I see what you're doing but you don't need her name is Brie Larson in Miss Marvel she's she in... is she's mm-hmm. in an episode yeah okay, well there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go I thought that's where you were gonna go no. yeah I'm sorry Nathan. Brie Larson is in she is. the last is she? episode of Miss Marvel yeah. oh like a little she's like okay she's there yeah but yeah and it's really her Really yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Really okay, Brie so she, there you go. For Hannah. Yeah. Brie Larson, done. There I was a little underwhelmed by Miss Marvel. Yeah, I think it started off Starts really, really strong. Starts off really strong, yeah. And then really t- tinkers off. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe the movie will be good. They delayed the movie again, though. Mm, I know. It's supposed to come out this summer. Stupid misogynistic nerd boys. That I think they're worried about. 
um, all the strike. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. I think they're holding off on things. We'll see. We'll see where what happens with the strike. Maybe next week. Yeah. When we watch the Last Emperor. Yeah, a movie Mita and I have never heard of. A movie whose name I did not. But it's a three-hour movie about uh, Southeast Asia. It's yes, directed by an Italian. Yeah. So. So this will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely have to rent this. Here you go. But that is all of that. Whatever is going to happen with that, Mita and I don't even have jokes to make about this movie because yeah. no nothing. Yeah. So that's all for next week, okay. where we also will talk about whatever Rocky Arani is <laughs> marketing <laughs> we'll out. Talk about that song. We'll talk about that song, okay. and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. But before then. Parting words? Yes. Zin Lao, buddy. Sure. Yeah. Why did you go with that one? Because it's the least offensive. Sure, that's fair. I mean, I could do the other No, side. that's fine. Yeah. Thank you so much to listening. And first of all, I just want to apologize. I feel like this was a lackluster episode. Our small yeah. talk was really entertaining, though. But, like, if you but, watch Platoon, you'll blame, see why. Blame it on Platoon. Yeah. Despite how lackluster it was, thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for what we hope will be a more entertaining episode with The Last Emperor. Yes. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our letterbox at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.